0: What's up safety people, welcome to episode 8 of Rebranding Safety, why health safety professionals are killjoys. So today we're going to talk about how difficult it is to be a health safety professional, they got a bit of a bashing in the last podcast so I thought it's only right for me to now defend them. Uh, so we're talk about how it's a difficult job, we're going to talk about why they might be killjoys um, and we're going to talk about if you have a safety professional in your business how you can help them which will in turn help you i am very excited i'm getting married on friday fyi um none of you are invited actually most of the people that listen to this podcast are my friends and my mum so you're all probably invited actually um yeah that's a bit sad isn't it let's get into the podcast Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success we and an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations Six, A huge fire engulfs a tower block Children in being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast Crushing the stereotype Brought to you by Risk Fluent And your host, James McPherson So, most of my examples of health and safety professionals kill killjoys come off LinkedIn. A lovely social media platform for, for professionals. So, one was over New Year's Eve um, called the Looney Dook. Uh, Looney and then D O O K. Um, harmful, harmless fun or actual lunacy, the article was called. and. Um, essentially these guys uh in tradition and new year's it new year's day uh to get rid of their hangover and get rid of the confetti and their hair in new york i think it is new york no West Lovian the tradition dates back to 1986. three locals joked that jumping into a freezing cold water would be the best way to kill their hangovers and start the new year afresh now hundreds of brave swimmers or dukas uh, take to the waters of West Lovian I don't really know what that is oh here we go and other areas in Scotland and Derbyshire and more so it's the UK, sorry I misread I thought it was in America so essentially they jump into freezing cold water so everybody knows that shock from cold water can be quite dangerous so they produce this article and then shared it on LinkedIn saying what do you think and there's a lot of comments on there saying that this is terrible, this is so dangerous, etc., etc. But actually, I was pleased to see for once um, a lot of safety professionals were on there saying that articles like this give us a bad name, and I completely agree. Um, my position on it and my comment on it was these people have risk assessed it and deemed that it was worth the risk for their enjoyment Um, so in my mind what they're doing is health and safety is best they're doing a risk assessment enabling them to do what they want to do not disabling them what they want to do they want to jump in cold water they understand the risk and they go and do it there's enough people there to help someone if something goes wrong what's the problem And I did also comment that it's nice to see that the comments are saying um, that there's nothing wrong with it. You know, normally when I see ah, articles like this, it's full of the fun police, you know, health and safety officers saying that we should all live in padded brooms wrapped up in bubble wrap. Um, So that was one example. Another example of a video shared on uh, LinkedIn was where people were dancing. This guy was doing some break dancing, which was pretty sick. Um, Sick as in good. Um breakdancing on this construction site and there was a lot of people going you know this is terrible he should be sacked blah 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 one guy was even like wouldn't happen on my watch and then he got a bit of a bashing because like, wouldn't happen on my watch that kind of police officer attitude does, or old school police officer attitude doesn't really get us anywhere um, so that guy got a bit of a bashing and, and um, essentially the guy did it and nothing happened So is there a risk to it? Well, I think you can't really answer the question based on that one video because we don't understand the rest of the culture within the industry, do we, within that business or that site. We can't see, you know, whether people are dancing on the edge of the scaffold, you know, we can't see where this position on the video of him dancing actually is. But we're not talking about that are we? We're talking about just the video. So in that moment in that video it's hard to say whether they can or cannot do it Um, so just these conversations and negative towards health and safety professionals Um, there was another one of of people falling asleep and it was definitely like an African um, construction site and um, these, these gentlemen have fallen asleep. Uh, I think they were on bags of cement as pillows, but I couldn't really see, um, and they were asleep. So obviously, there's some risks around cement, etc., etc., et and it's not a suitable place for them to sleep. No, it's not. You know, would it be good to provide them somewhere to sleep? You know, have we got problems with fatigue in that business? Probably. Um, and again, all the comments on there were of people. Who are safety professionals actually stating to look at the bigger picture, and this was good. So then it made me think, well, hang on a minute, safety professionals are not killjoys. You know, I've only seen one example where there was one killjoy and he got absolutely lambasted by all the other safety professionals. So, are safety professionals killjoys? Reasons that they may be killjoys. Well, really, as we said in the last podcast, I touched on the profession. Profession is essentially redundant or at least being a generalist health and safety professional may be redundant and in fact in my opinion they should never exist existed in the first place why should they have never existed? I genuinely believe that when we thought of health and safety, we thought businesses would do it themselves. Now, where we have specialist risk, that we would develop an industry of specialist health and safety professionals to provide guidance to businesses. But essentially, the management of day-to-day health and safety should be with the business, with the managers, with the production staff, etc., cetera, et cetera. And health and safety professionals preach this, but then they don't back it up by firing themselves because obviously they wouldn't fire themselves because they need a job. So they talk about owning it and then they change the titles to like advisors instead of managers because managers is that old school, you know, all we need to manage health and safety we will buy a health and safety manager. So actually we've gone, we've developed now a culture where we're so good at health and safety just naturally by designing out so many risks that there's not much left to risk assess. Or is there? It's a bigger question, isn't it? And I think there's a bigger question around developing culture and behaviours, etc, etc. So, therefore, it brings me on to the next point, is that regardless of whether it was meant to be an industry or not, they've done so well now that we are a victim of our own success. There's not anything left to do. But there is, because we're still having accidents, isn't there? So where's the problem? difficult to answer that question. And I'm here just to just to defend safety professionals because I felt a bit guilty after the last one. There's a lot of pressure nowadays on health and safety professionals to give the answer. So, especially in the culture at the moment, um, after obvious things that we've seen in the news, where people are very scared to make a decision themselves, very scared to say, yes, you can do that. Yeah. yes you can go and have a barbecue out the back or yes you can I don't know do that without PPE whatever you know examples aside people don't want to do that because they're scared why are they scared because we've spent years scaring the shit out of them with training so training for our staff historically was always scare tactics you know if you go on any old school and i say old school but it still happens now ios managing safety the the underlying tone the golden thread for out of it is you could go to jail you have responsibilities you could go to jail you could go to jail you could get fined you could lose your job it's all negatives so no wonder people are scared to make a decision because they're so worried that they're going to go to jail. And then you imagine that that same golden thread, that same undertone, in your training as a safety professional, in all the training that you go on, um, it's all the same. Yeah, so granted you can get good trainers that that don't you know don't focus on that stuff but you i remember going on my knee bosh and coming back and absolutely crapping myself i I remember my boss going on a knee bosh and coming back and he spent most of his time putting up the health and safety law poster and laminating all of our iso accreditations it it was a nightmare and he just gone on there and he come back and he crapped himself and then to add to that you having to deal with as a health and safety professional a negative image that's developed over years, primarily by health and safety professionals going over the top, or some might argue that it was the insurers um, enforcing a golden standard, etc., etc. There's loads of reasons why, um, and and that's kind of why HSE invented like the health and safety MythBusters or whatever they were called. But this stuff still goes on now, and actually you'll find that the people moaning about this Looney duke, for example, um, this this cold water dive on New Year's Day, they weren't health and safety professionals, they were just onlookers, they were just normal day-to-day people, and it's my honest opinion that the people complaining about anything nowadays, whether it's sexism, racism, diversity, most of the people that bring up some of these crazy stories, that we hear have nothing to do with that process they just enjoy complaining complaining for complaining sake the people that are actually fighting for these these injustices if they are out there I'm um, not coming up with these crazy stories they're doing what needs to be done so the people in this instance that are fighting for these injustices are the health and safety professionals they're out there trying to communicate this message um, of doing it the right way but still doing it yeah but safety being an enabler don't get me wrong everything everything good can be used for bad so there are people out there doing health and safety and they're doing it so wrong but as a health and safety professional you in this environment where everybody's got this negative attitude towards health and safety that's been developed and ingrained in what they do over the years now if you're listening and you're not a health and safety professional now think about what i've just said and cut the people some slack jesus christ they're not going to be the person that's going to give you the be all and end all answer they shouldn't be the person giving you the answer in the first place health and safety professionals are not there to say yay or nay we can or cannot do this they're here to give you the facts and ask and pose questions and scenarios that educate you to make that educated decision as the business responsible person yeah they're not there as the magic wand to say yay or nay and just bear in mind that when you're making jokes about health and safety when that person bends over and does his shoelaces up and you go wait, have your wrist just up it's not funny It's it's actually not funny, I arranged a meeting with all of the world's health and safety professionals, we're bored of it, stop it, you know, crossing the road, it's nearly as boring as wolf whistles, you know, we are way past that. In my experience as well, health and safety professionals are normally involved at the end of the process when it's all too late for them to have an impact and they're brought in to sign it all off hey mr safety professionals we've come up with this process that's really dangerous can you sign it off please so that it's safe hang on a minute that doesn't make sense you just said it's really dangerous and you want me to sign it off to make it safe what a load of shit oh okay we'll buy some more ppe you know people just don't understand the concept and that's a challenge for us as safety professionals to educate uh, or to re-educate um, but bringing these people in at the, when, it's, when it's nearly done and it's over, and then you moaning because they're throwing spanners into work, that's your fault. That's not the safety professional's fault. That's your fault for not involving them at the design stage of the process, whether you're designing a building or designing a process or a new product. If you didn't bring those safety professionals into that scope or into that project, then it's your fault. And don't be kicking up a fuss when they start coming to you with questions and it's two weeks away from delivery or something like that you know what, sometimes as well, especially if you work for like a small business, um, it can be quite a lonely job. Um, if you work for like a medium-sized business and you're a safety professional, it's normally just one of you and that's all you do, um, and everyone just makes jokes about your role and they don't really buy into your role, or you work for a big corporation, uh, but you're part of a small manufacturing um, factory, for example, or something like that, you know, the Department of Health and Safety is normally either small or just one person, unless you are a huge huge business that requires a lot of safety professionals, it can be very lonely. And even if you are part of a huge corporation, corporate, corporate, corporation? God I keep forgetting how to speak. Um, You can still be quite lonely because normally one safety professional would act kind of like an internal consultant and would cover like three or four or five counties or you know know, one-fifth of the country. Um, So it can be quite lonely so just consider that as well you know you spend all day taking the piss out of health and safety, Uh, you don't involve them until the last minute, you expect them to save your ass when shit hits the fan and then all of a sudden you know you wonder why they're absolutely miserable and they're off with stress for six months. Try and think as well about what you're actually asking your health and safety professional to do. You're asking them to go and look at the law and then come to you with a black or white answer. Okay, so I'm a safety professional. My job is to go and look at grey and turn it into black and white. Well, that's impossible, isn't it? Yeah, once we have mixed those two paints to make grey, can't take them back to individual paints, can we? Yeah, think about it from that base level example. that the law says to go and manage risk yeah and you're asking them can I or can I not do this it's not simple as that we need to manage the risk we need to look at the risk we need to assess the risk together as a team early on in the process at the design stage of whatever we're trying to do and make that educated decision so really just think about you know what what kind of situations and environment are you imposing on your safety professional and then think about what you're asking from them so they work in the grey they work alone so do they help themselves not really no they don't help themselves and those of you that are listening to this podcast, you are a safety professional, and you're thinking, oh, I do help myself. You know, I don't I don't go over the top or anything. Then you need to turn around and think of the person that is going over the top and is creating that negative image. And is that kind of really boring ass, old school safety professional. And you need to turn around and stand up for yourself and stand up for the industry and tell them that they are killing us. We also build a rod for our own back because we work in the gray. Um, law is is open to interpretation so because of that we all have our own interpretations on it and it's hard you know there's a joke obviously as as there is for any kind of industry but i think it's true for health and safety if you put a room of health and safety professionals you know they'll never agree and that is true they won't and that's just life unfortunately and we need to suck that up and accept it um and we also need to as a profession do need to make some decisions sometimes, and we also need to think that businesses cannot sometimes operate in the grey? Therefore, we need to be brave and we need to say sometimes, Yes, we can do that. And if that means putting our name down on it, then that means putting our name down on it. Also, we live in a world of instant gratification, so instant gratification means i buy something i brought some socks for example last night on the internet so fyi those of you that don't know um i'm getting married on friday the 18th Yay! Um, I'm not sure my future wife sees it that way. Yeah, she does. Totally. I'm amazing. Anyway, that being said, I have completely lost my train of for... thought. Instant gratification. Yeah, there we go. So I brought some socks for my kilt yesterday, and I can pay an extra £5 and it'll be delivered before 12 o'clock tomorrow. It was from Scotland. Next day delivery. Oh my god, that is instant gratification at its best. If I want to feel liked or to feel Like I'm appreciated in the world. I can go on the internet and put up a post and get 50 likes. I don't think I've ever got 50 likes on anything. But that aside. You know I slog it for this podcast. Therefore and struggle to get 50 listens. Anyway that aside. You know we live in a world of instant gratification. I can order a takeaway tonight. And it will be within my. You know be in my plate. On my plate. Within 40 minutes to an hour. So. We live in a world of instant gratification. How does that impact on health and safety? Well, health and safety is not instant. It is slow, it is arduous, it is unseen, yeah? It's it just something that just happens every day. And you think about being a, pro- a safety professional, where you just don't get any appreciation. And me personally, my personality, I think I thrive off of appreciation, I thrive off of positive comments, I thrive off of people saying hey James you've done a great job today yeah, and that's something I struggle with on a day to day basis um, where I'm absolutely desperate for, for this kind of um, feedback. So what does that mean then from a safety point of view? Well from a safety point of view you can't really get that positive feedback because a good means that nothing happens. Doing safety right means that nothing happens. So if nothing happens, it's just normal day You know, and they they say good is expected of you, which is why you don't get told off But God if I was if I was to get compliment for what I do and what we as safety professionals do We would have to get a tap on the back every time we go home because everybody went home without an incident Are you with me? so We live in a world of instant gratification and health and safety is slow and arduous. Why is it slow and arduous? One, because it's unseen and two, because instant safety is just something like a guard being put in place. Yeah, we can do that, that's great. PPE putting stuff like that on but actually why we are still now struggling with health and safety and why actually you know there's still a need for safety professionals in the world even though we are a victim of our own successes we've focused on process we've focused on policies you know we've engineered safety what what we've yet to understand is the psychology of safety because we've had behavioral safety now we're talking about culture it's the same thing, regurgitated, but we're still doing it wrong. So in behavioural safety, you know, we ended up using that incorrectly as a as a kind of gotcha scheme, you know. Uh, and that's how Professor Scott Geller from America refers to it going wrong. It's a gotcha scheme, you know. It was like, excuse my dog, having a dream in the background, if you can hear that. Can you hear it? Oh, he's not. he's not going to go now. There you go, do you hear that? <laughs> I love it when he has a dream. Anyway, that aside, let's get back to the point. That's what Professor Scott Gellis says. He in his opinion, you know, and he's the godfather of um, or the father of uh of based safety, and, and actually the author of a book uh, Psychology and Safety, which is expensive by the way, at like £160 a pop. So he says it was used incorrectly as a gotcha scene, so where he would say, oh look, I'm gonna show the video of somebody doing something stupid on the shop floor. This is this is safety gone wrong, this is what you need not to do, etc. etc. We miss the point that behaviour comes from developing an environment in which complements the beha- the behaviours that we expect to see. So what's that? That's culture, yeah? So how do we build culture? Well we build culture over thousands of thousands of thousands of little little steps over years and develops a good culture but it's slow it's unseen all the time and that's what these safety professionals are trying to do except you you want them to give an answer tomorrow you know you're saying you need to sort out our health and safety system and then you talk about culture and they're like yeah we need to develop a culture where can we buy a good health and safety culture and you're like mate seriously finally i'm gonna close up this podcast about one more thing if you're a health and safety professional, and you're a young health and safety professional, I feel sorry for you. Why do I feel sorry for you? Well, last I read, the average age um, for health and safety professionals was between 45 and 55, with the median of the whole working population at 42. 42. I'm 28. Oh my god. And now I've just lost half of my listenership because they're gone. I'm not listening to some 28 year old. And that's what's wrong with this industry, it's full of old men. God, it's so boring. I used to joke at a place I used to work where we used to have hundreds of health and safety professionals and we stopped doing a national safety conference where we would all meet and the joke was that we stopped doing it because we'd ran out the local hospital ran out of ambulances and didn't have enough standby defibrillators for all the heart attacks that was bound to happen and that's just a joke but in essence it's the truth like oh my god they're so old And people can't relate to it anymore so if you're young and you're listening to this and you think I haven't found a career or I don't know a career please start in health and safety because I need more young safety professionals I am always the youngest in the room and I'm always judged straight away before i'm in there this guy does not know what he's talking about because he's young and i think they probably do get that in other industries but maybe not so much Uh, i find that other industries young people um get a bit more of uh uh a bit more respect maybe but in my industry they one they look at you and they go right this guy's got no other experience in any other industry and no I haven't I haven't really I've got little bits here and there I've got experience in health and safety yeah I've got experience in risk management and that in my mind is a benefit so one your health and safety professional is a pretty hard job anyway. And then two you might be a really young health and safety professional, just started in your career or like me or a few years into it and you're and you're finding it really hard. I can relate, brother, yeah, or sister. Um, so come and drop me a message on facebook or twitter and let me let me me hear from you especially if you're young but even if you're old guys i want to hear from you um so yeah let's just think about that for a second that sounded like i was going to end the podcast there didn't it but i'm not so only 15 percent of practitioners who took part in that poll where we got the age from were under 30 35 so that gave us an average age of 45 to 55. Do I think that's reflective of what's out there? No, I think at the last Expo, there was the, the youngest um, person to get, uh, what was it, a chartered IOSH. And She was one, female, great, because I also think there's not enough women in this career. Um, you know, it's dominated by old men. Um, and two, I think she was younger, she was like 26 and she got chartered IOSH amazing well done to her last year um, we got the first um, i think it was iosh accredited uh, apprenticeships or they were health safety apprenticeships the first ones that we had um, this is a great idea this is something i've banging on about for years and been trying to get in my last few employers this is massive and it's a huge huge thing um, so yeah let's, let's, clo- let's actually close this podcast then One, it's really, really hard to be a health and safety professional. Two, uh, they're victims of their own success. Three, they're also got a little bit of blame to shoulder themselves, especially the ones that have been in health and safety for a while. Um, It's a difficult, difficult industry. And over the years, while we've gone over the top, like we talked about in the risk assessment podcast, you know, we built that rod for our own back and now we've got to try and snap it and get a new back. The training that they have and the training that our staff have naturally creates this, this environment of fear, you know, and then the battling with this instant gratification thing as well. So you need to think about how you use your safety professional if you're not one, you're a business owner and your employee one, you know, when are you getting these persons involved? And then what are you asking them to do? You know, if you're getting these people involved two weeks before the product's meant to go out the window, for example, out the door—not out the window, out the door—and and you're asking them to sign it off, you know, is off. This this person's obviously going to say no, like. you're asking them, think about what you're asking them to do, you're asking them to put their name on a piece of paper saying it's safe, when you've not involved them in the process, they don't know if it's safe or not, so have a think about how you're managing and dealing with your health and safety professional, think about yourself and how you are with that professional, yeah, do you joke about health and safety all the time, you know, because that starts to niggle, you know, a joke's a joke and I could take a joke, but eventually if it's every meeting and every time when every time i go to say something you're joking about health and safety oh here he comes you know gonna stop us doing anything you know that stuff that starts to niggle and actually it's it's um what does my mother my future mother-in-law say to me she says never a truer word spoken in jest james because i joke quite a lot and you know what she's right You know especially when we're talking about health and safety that applies because we make jokes about health and safety all the time but you guys you believe that and don't you sit there and say no i don't because you do yeah so stop making these jokes think about how you're working with your health health and safety professional and now you've got a bit of context to what it's like to live their life and do their job you know if you're a production manager or whatever everybody looks to you, you're the man that gets the products out the door, you keep us going yeah, and you're the, even quality, you know, you're the quality guy, the customer services, sales, you know, sales always get to go off to Madrid and God knows where, to the big flash sales conferences yeah, safety just sits in this little crappy office at the back and no one really cares, have a think about how that person feels and have a, have a, then wonder why they're not really involved or that really enthusiastic about what they do okay so there you go guys that's it i've spoken enough about this health and safety professionals got a bit of a bashing on the last podcast and this is kind of my way of defending them as well you know it's a, it's a holistic approach that i'm trying to come across and i do use extreme comments and extreme statements to just get your attention you know obviously in the last podcast i hope you didn't listen to that and go and sack your health and safety professionals but i hope you really did think about you know your relationship with them which is what i'm saying here as well i really did think hope you think about your consultants as well because essentially consultants are a whole different ball game and they're not all bad um but i'd much rather you i'd much rather see uh, an internal safety professional than an external one so anyway that's it guys i'm off i'm going to get married on friday um so this will be the podcast before my wedding and then i'm going to pre-record another one for after my wedding so i can enjoy my break um, and i'll be back as a married man okay catch you later guys i'll see you soon hit us up on facebook and twitter remember facebook is forward slash risk fluent, and twitter is at risk fluent. let us know if you're a safety professional let us know how old you are let us know what you struggle with i'm actually going now see you later bye bye